Let's get ready to rumble! Hello and welcome to Netflix vs. Cinema, the podcast that has been caught out by the fact that the week has gone too quickly and that all of a sudden it's recording day again. It feels like we only just did this. My name is Tozid, I am the host, and I am based up in Coventry, near, well, well, in the Midlands near Coventry. And joining me, as always, on the Isle of Wight are Sharon. Hello. And Sean. Hiya. Yes, Sean, earlier today, you sort of gave me quite a fright. I was busy getting in the middle of some work, getting ready, and they, you were like, oh, guys, are we recording today? And I was like, what? No! no! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, no, it's, it's, it's just been one of those sort of days. I've just been uh, like getting busy and everything like that. How about you, Sharon? Were you caught out or were you totally expecting it? I was half and half. <laughs> I was, I was I, in the back of my head, I was thinking, oh, I think we might be recording tonight. Um, but I'll play it by ear, and I won't act surprised either way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Sharon is the cool one. Sharon's the one who's going to come in and be like old James Dean about it and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I knew that. Yeah, I sort of knew, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, no, I totally didn't know at all. <laughs> <laughs> but here we are, here we are, ready to record once more. And it's, oh, good Lord, it's been a bit of a weird week. I mean, Sean, I think you have definitely sort of nailed your colours to the mass this week, and you have said, cinema! Because cinema, yeah. <laughs> because you have decided, oh, no, forget the sitting at home and doing nothing. I'm going out. I'm going to go out and be sociable by sitting in a room and not talking to anybody. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's me. That's me. Yeah. So you have actually watched four films by your, by yourself, all on your, yes. all by yourself. You've all on me little old lonesome. Yes. yes. You've seen four films. Sharon and I, when it comes to the cinema, have managed to see one each. One each, yeah. One each, yeah. So, yes. so we uh, okay. So what happens on this show is that usually, if you're listening to this and this happens to be the first one you come across, we watch a couple of films in the cinema, and we watch well, usually three films in the cinema, or we usually watch three films at home, be it on Netflix or BBC iPlayer or Amazon Prime, and very soon Disney Plus. Have you guys seen that Disney Plus have they, they are going hell for leather? They have given a deal for anybody who gets Disney Plus. Like if you pre-order it before it comes up, you can get you can get like ten pounds off the entire year. Wow! Which is they, they, they're really going for it, aren't they? <laughs> they are going for it. The the uh, in the UK anyway. The 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 publicity has stepped up so you can see the Mandalorian everywhere they're talking about all the Marvel stuff they're going to have they're going to have all the Pixar stuff and I'm guessing you know that out of the three of us one of us is going to have to get it and don't worry guys I will bite <laughs> I will bite that bullet <laughs> okay that's cool that's cool okay. I mean I'm, assu- that I'm assuming that they're, friendship, they're, I won't do yeah <laughs> I'm assuming that they're probably the chances are they're probably um not give any Disney stuff to like your Netflix or your yes, Amazon they just Prime. Won't be appearing on Now TV and yeah. Netflix and stuff like that. What do you reckon they'd do that? So oh, do you they, reckon they, that once a Disney They've they've been doing that so for the, a while. Have they? Yeah. Oh yeah. right, okay. I'm I haven't really noticed, I suppose, not being so what about but I mean you can still get like the Avengers films and the Spider Man films on like Netflix, can't you? Or uh, Amazon Prime? A lot less than you used to be no. able to. A lot less than yeah, you used to be, yeah. You, and eventually, I suppose, it'd be not at all, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, they used to appear on Now TV more often, right. but I haven't seen them on Netflix that often at all, really. Ah. Yep. I think, I think I saw uh, Avengers Endgame is on Sky Cinema, but, uh, mm-hmm. but like, if I have a quick look on Netflix, like, they, they have been reducing them, and I think, the reason, I think part of the reason why Disney Plus 
was delayed in launching in the UK is because of the rights issues. And I think that there was some stuff that, sure. they, that they couldn't get back from other people up until March. So right. on one day in March, Makes sense. I, think, Makes sense. I think there's yeah. going to be a whole bunch of stuff that's just going to disappear from everywhere else and then appear on Disney+. Plus. So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So it's okay. I'm going to put a quick search in for Marvel, and then I'm going to get back to actually for those of you who are listening and thinking he was explaining the format of the show and then he just broke off halfway through. Don't worry, I will get back to it. <laughs> and I will. This is another hallmark of the show. We do tend to go off on tangents. Sean, you're infecting us all. Um, I am sorry about that. I, I, that's, that's my life. That is, I go off on tangents. <laughs> my whole mind's a tangent, full of tangents, I should say. Yeah, yeah. If you look, if you look on. Um, Put in a search for Marvel on Netflix. The only thing Marvel that's left on Netflix is the Marvel Netflix shows. So Daredevil, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, and the Defenders. Oh, and the Punisher. Those are the only things because oh, wow. they were made in they were made with Netflix uh, as a joint thing with Netflix. So I guess Netflix still has some rights to them. I don't know how much longer for, but um, yeah. But the, everything Marvel has disappeared off of Netflix. Getting ready for wow. getting ready for Disney Plus. Disney Plus, yeah. Yeah, so, which is, I don't know. I love some of the stuff that Disney makes, but their business practices, I do not like. But anyway, what yeah. we do is that we watch we watch um, things in the cinema, things at home, and then we give them a rating out of five. At the end of the of the show, we do an average and say who has got the, who's, who has given us the most bang for a buck this week, and then that person is the winner for the week. So, Sean, you, uh, we also have a bit called Also Rans, where we have things where we th- decide, oh, we couldn't. Sean, usually Sean, watched way too much this <laughs> week. <laughs> Sean watched way too much this week. We can't put it all in the show. So we're going to have to have a small section at the beginning where you give us like a really, really slight thing about this and what you thought about the film. So we're going to kick off with Also Rans. And Sean, you saw, okay, of the four films you saw at the cinema this week, you saw Doolittle, you saw Waiting for Anya, you saw Greed, and you saw Like a Boss. We have decided yes. that Like a Boss is the one that's on the also ran plat pile this week, which doesn't do. Yeah. It, it doesn't say much for its star rating, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's probably. It's, it, to, to be fair, it's probably not my sort of film, but um, there was. There's, there's this uh, Chinese teaching assistant that sometimes I sort of. Because I've got a meerkat code. Yep. I, I, I picked the odd film and I just thought, because I'd seen most of what was on, I thought, oh, well. I'll go and see that so we could use the meerkat code. Um, but I probably, you know, as a choice, it was just a case of, because I'm, I'm loath not to use the meerkat code, you know. Yeah, I, I like you to, want to use it. Because <laughs> um, uh, if it's there, you want to use it. Anyway, so I went to see this, and it's basically, uh, well, I would call it a, like a, a, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that these days, like a chick comedy, you know, like they say chick flicks. Yeah. But like a chick flick comedy flick, a bit like. It's, it's, it's a know, comedy like, focused on women as the protagonists. Yeah. That's exactly what it is, yes. Um, so, yeah, so it's basically a quick, quick resume of the story, quick synopsis is um, there's these, these two friends and they've, they've built up this company, but they're getting a little bit in debt. And then there's this massive, massive, huge company, um, which is like, a, and they try to take it over and obviously they try to split up the friendship and the friendship. And it's it's different situation comedies really I saw the trailer for that yeah and you loved it didn't you you looked at the trailer and I you thought, the trailer, thought probably all the funny bits are in the trailer <laughs> <laughs> and you're probably and and you're probably exactly right um but i have to say this this chinese lady bless her um the chinese Jennifer, teacher assistant yeah yeah chinese teacher assistant 
she was in hysterics. <laughs> I just couldn't understand it. You know me. You know, come on, you know me. Like, yeah. there's a bit with her like hanging over a balcony with a drape like that, and it's hysterical laughter. And I'm thinking, I started off watching this film. I thought, oh, I don't think she's going to like this. And you know, it's going to be one of those ones. Yeah. And I said, Are you sure you want to watch this? And she went, Yeah, yeah, it's okay, it's okay. And um, but she, yeah, she thought it was she thought it was great. She thought it was hilarious. She <laughs> she really enjoyed it. She was one of the funniest films she's seen. For me personally. Mm, yeah, not really my, my not 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 really my thing, yeah. you know. So it, 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 um, uh, it is quite, it is quite funny sometimes. I find what what travels culturally and what doesn't. Because is is this the same lady who um, didn't like uh, when when we saw Lawrence of Arabia on the island at the Commodore? That, no, that was this is a different try. That was the last year's Chinese assistant. Okay, cool. This is this, this is a different one. All right, cool. Okay, never mind. This is a different one. But we did go. I did take her to see Blue Story. Yes, and yeah. she was she she was totally baffled by that one. Yeah, like, yeah. Blue Blue Story is Blue Story is a di- <laughs> Blue Story is a difficult one if you've been it in England. Yeah. If you've been in England, it's a difficult one. Much yeah. much less if you just come from China yeah. and yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I I I did go and see that film Ready or Not with with her. I think it was last year or this year. But yeah. and she enjoyed that one. Okay. So. so but okay. Uh, yeah, no. So I. But from back to the film, I think this is more for you know. Yeah, I mean, it's all like manhood jokes and actually it's a bit of a role reversal, I suppose, because you've got some sort of eye candy, eye candy men, you know, like because the, the, one, one of the friends has got this like much younger boyfriend, you know, and they're talking about appendages and stuff and all that. And it's, very, it's very crude, so perhaps <laughs> you wouldn't have liked it quite so much, Sharon, I don't know, no, but, but it was, 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 was really quite rude, you know. So but, um, how many stars would you give it? Uh, for me, it would be a two. I'm afraid, just uh, it would have to be a two star because it wasn't my sort of film. But may- maybe it would appeal to certain people who like like your bridesmaids and that type yeah. of thing. Do you know what I mean? There it was, was a market it was, for there was definitely for a market. You know, humour for women. Yeah. yeah. But there was only in the cinema. There was only me, um, Jennifer, and two other people. That was it. <laughs> so, so I don't suppose it's it was. I mean, I don't even know what the reviews are. I never look at the reviews or anything. Okay. Yeah, okay. two star. Two star on that one. Yeah, I, I think maybe we should get Jennifer and give to give us her star rating on that because I, I you know I should have thought <laughs> of that. Yeah, because I have to be honest. I, I think Sharon, I think I'm a bit with you. I looked at the trailer and you say you think the funniest bits were in the trailer. I thought the funniest bits were in the trailer and they weren't that funny. So <laughs> yes, that's right. There wasn't that memorable wave. It's only when you were describing it, I was thinking, oh yeah, I'm, I saw the trailer for that, yeah. and I probably instantly went nah. Yeah. So it's yeah. so well, I so, I probably went nah. But it's just <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you, I think if it was if it was me, oh, I I don't think this is a film I would. I would have to be in a very very weird mood to watch this film because yeah, <laughs> sure. because from the trailer I felt like it's just kind of like oh let's get Tiffany Haddish in and let's have have a yell, but it but it's because it got Tiffany Haddish, Rose Byrne, it's got Salma Hayek, who are all women that on their day I quite like them. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. But there was just something about the trailer that I was just kind of like, oh no! I feel like I've seen this story um, before. It feels like it's almost like yeah. an '80s workplace comedy, a bit nine to five ish, and it's um, only that this time the bad guy is not just the man who's in the room, but is another woman. So it's yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah. But hey, anyway, um, I'm beginning to worry a little bit about Salma Hayek as well as some of her choices because she often does this sort of role lately. I've noticed yeah. she's appearing as this. Ruthless. What was that one about the telecommunications thing? Hummingbird Project. That was a bit. Yeah, that's Hummingbird the one. Project. She yeah. had a similar 
not as a comedy, but she was played a similar role. Yeah, there, this yeah. strong, not ruthless, particularly nice, yes, heartless it, woman. Yeah. It, it's and funny. I think she's beginning to sort of play that role. It, 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 well, I. Is it a bad thing that when it comes to the state of women in Hollywood, that my first thought is, well, at least she's not just playing somebody's grandmother. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> because because that's usually what tends to happen. I mean, I mean, one of the films that yeah, was, you get to a certain point. Yeah. Yeah. One of the films that we're going to be talking about, Greed. I think we're kind of like sort of slow, sort of like sashaying into a review for Greed. It has an actress Shirley Henderson, who um, who yeah is playing Steve Coogan's mother in this film, and I'm like. I'm pretty sure she's is younger she? than him. <laughs> it's like, I'm sure she's not old enough to be his mother. <laughs> like, I'm sure she's She's my age, and I'm not old enough to be Steve Coogan's mother. <laughs> and, and, and so she gets a couple of wrinkles, and all of a sudden she's grandma? <laughs> it just, yeah. It, it just, so, so when you look at Salma Hayek, I'm like, well, at least she's not playing a grandmother. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's the, that's that's our first. Thought. But but it's funny when you said that because I think Hummingbird Project has just shown up on um on Netflix and the poster of it. I looked at it and I went, "Hang on, does Salma Hayek even have the exact same hair that she does in Like a Boss?" But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Wait, wait!" I, I had I had pretty much exactly the same thoughts. But let us move on to our actual rounds. So enough of our ultra rounds. Let's go into our actual yeah. rounds this week. We have four rounds for you this week, people. Four rounds. We are going to try and be disciplined with this. So we have four films that we have seen in cinema this week, and four things that we have seen at home. If it's a Netflix thing, if it's a TV series, we have to have seen the entire season of it before we bring it onto the show, because then the story arc is finished, and then it can actually be compared to a film. So, first up is the film which we've started speaking about already, Greed. This is a Michael Winterbottom film. This is, um, I think Sean and I have seen this. Uh, it stars Steve Coogan as, what's his name, Richard McCready, um, who is a retail boss. He's a retail tycoon who is, and Steve Coogan himself has said, has pretty much been based on Philip Green, the guy who owned mm-hmm. to- Topshop in the UK. And it's talking about, uh, when the film kicks off, the film kicks off with him trying to well it does a whole bunch of time jumping thing where it so sort of goes oh this is like uh the day of five days before a party because he is he's, he's about to turn 60 and he wants to arrange this big lavish birthday celebration that has all these celebrities flown in to come be there because he wants to show everybody that yeah i'm still around because he has just been in front of the parliament select committee and they have been raking him over the coals for some nefarious business practices and so the film is based around this party that he's trying to set up but then it has flashbacks to when he was a kid and how his business empire started and all this sort of stuff and it has a it has bits where it explains the kind of sort of like financial dealings that he's doing and why they're bad but at the same time the film this is a film that has a lot on its plate and it's trying to address a lot at the same time so this guy is a retail tycoon but it also addresses the fact of how his clothes get made and the fact that his clothes get made in i mean they're pretty much sweatshops but tailoring sweatshops in sri lanka and how he's always trying to get a deal and cut cut prices and cut prices and cut prices which means that people have horrible working conditions but he doesn't care because he's he's on his yacht in monaco and it, but at the same time, he's trying to have this party in Mykonos in Greece, but um, but he's getting annoyed because on the beach where that his party is going to be on within it, there's a whole bunch of Syrian refugees who have who live in this UNICEF tent so that they've been given to well 
and they're on the beach and he's like, oh, they're ruining my view. Oh, no, we can't have, the, we can't have this on my celebrities. And he, so there's a running theme through the thing of how he's trying to get rid of these Syrian refugees off the beach. So there's a lot of stuff that this film is coming in there. And it's essentially just trying to look at how does somebody get to that point, whether this tycoon, how they do all this sort of stuff. And it has a law on its plate. It's a bit social. It's, it's a very, very much satirical. There's a bit of social commentary in there and um, sort of like the state of the world that we're in at the moment. So having said that, Sean, what did you think of this film? Okay, for me, right? I mean, generally speaking, um, I thought this film, I found this film all over the place for me. Yeah. It was like, yeah. you know, like you say, with all the comeback two days before the party, one day before, one one or ten years before the party, whatever. And um, I, I mean, the social commentary bit, I, I I did quite enjoy with the you know the sweatshops and all that, but I didn't particularly find it convincing at all. Maybe it wasn't me- maybe it wasn't meant to be that way. Maybe, but it definitely it, to me, from personal feeling, it was a bit of a shambles, and I was I was a little bit disappointed because I was I was quite looking forward to this, but um, it sort of let me down a little bit. And I think you know the ending was was daft really, really <laughs> to me. Um, and. I, I don't know. There, I mean, there were there were some funny moments in it. There were yeah. were occasional funny moments. The, I think the all I'm going to say, all I'm going to say is, um, toes. You'll know what I'm talking about. Is cutlery. That's that's <coughs> that's a bit that I found quite funny. I, I, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That. yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. So I found that that and there there was a uh, the odd chuckle here and there. But to be honest with you, on the whole, didn't really didn't really float my boat is that an expression I yeah, it is it yeah, is it didn't really, wasn't your cup of tea you know, yeah yeah it isn't my cup of tea really <laughs> i mean i was maybe perhaps i was a little disappointed as i was expecting more because generally coogan's really really he does uh, yeah he does some really really good stuff and i, good I stuff, was yeah. disappointed with him in this well, well he's is, very unsympathetic I, I, th- I thought coogan was really good in it i quite liked it i love you did yeah I, and the, there's all these touches in the film that i really like i like coogan um, I like Isla Fisher in it. I think Isla Fisher is very good in this film. It's, well, possibly the best I've seen her because she plays his wife who, well, mm-hmm. well uh, when the film starts, his ex-wife um, that um, but that helped him build a lot of his empire and a lot of the ideas of what he did, she was heavily involved in them. And I, and I think it's quite good because it really showed them as this partnership, uh, even though they're divorced, they're still very much a partnership. And, it, yeah. and I thought Isla Fisher was really good. I think Steve Coogan, I think some of the points like his teeth, for instance, Steve Coogan's teeth in this are just <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> really, really are hilarious. And I thought, and I quite, I think for two thirds of this film, I was really, really enjoying it because I quite like the whole jumping around time-wise thing. I quite like that as a way mm-hmm. of telling the story. Um, the, and I thought for two thirds of the film, I was like, okay, cool. This is going. This is actually sketching out something, and is explaining something to me about the way, like you know, the Philip Greens of the world live, the way the mm-hmm. sort of things work. And I was quite happy about that. There's a bit of it where it obviously goes because there's some bits where it's like, oh, is it social realism? But then sometimes it goes. It goes a little bit the big short where it explains how he does his financial yeah. dealing. And there's a bit where there's yeah. a guy who's he's a Scottish actor whose name I don't know, but he was in the thick of it, and he does this whole bit where he explains how this guy bought a business with the business's money and I, uh, and th- those are quite good but then about two-thirds of the way into the film there is one particular because there's a there's a character who um who it it turns out there's a character who works for for this guy and there's some stuff that they do with this character and I, unfortunately i do not know the actress's name i haven't seen her in anything else but um she she plays one of the assistants to one of his assistants and 
there's some character things that they do where it comes out of the blue. It just uh, you're like, wait, where did this come from? Where's this been this whole time? I've been watching the film. There's been no hint of this whatsoever, and now all of a sudden, this is supposed to be a big thing. That actually, when you say the ending was daft, that leads to the ending of the film, and yeah, and it uh, it sort of left me afterwards going, I'm not sure what this film is saying. I'm not sure. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure, and I've been trying. I've been racking my brain. I've been trying to figure out what it is because it, it ends up being like a bit of a polemic. Um, and it's because obviously this film does not like the Philip Greens of this world. And it, it goes through an argument that I find that has been taken over and over again. But it sounds a little bit like, you know, school politics, like, you know, student politics. Mm. When they say stuff and they go, oh, for goodness sake, you should pay these people a walking wage. You should da 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 da. And. And I have a problem with that because whenever these arguments get made, it's usually, and I'm sorry if this is offensive, Shota Shara, but it's usually a whole bunch of mm-hmm. white white people standing around saying what should happen to a whole bunch of people who are not white. So, <laughs> and yeah, they yeah. and you don't yeah. Um, yeah. You, you don't Mission, get missionaries. Yeah, and you don't get the voice of the non-white people. You don't get the voice of the people who are in the sweatshop. You don't get it's never it's never them. It's always like you know some white person saying, uh, "I think that this is wrong. I think this is terrible. Oh my god, why don't yeah. we pay them more?" It's like you haven't actually asked them what they want. You just you're but, just saying this is and so it, ha- it's all an assumption, isn't it? It's all yeah. assumed. I mean, yeah. I know yeah. I know some people that 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 well, I know obviously this is in you know like I go to Thailand, but I mean some of the people there they 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 quite like it because and they like the more work because they actually. I mean, the cost of living there is much more cheaper. And all right, it's probably, yeah, you know, probably deep down, it's not a fair wage. And I understand that. And perhaps conditions yeah. are perhaps not so good. But they quite like having the work. Yeah, is, well, it, yeah. A, is it a living wage for them culturally? Because often my concern is I don't like buying clothes from certain shops. No. I think, do yeah. they pay their workers properly? Because that's one of my concerns. That's, when I see yeah. a T-shirt is sold for £2, I'm thinking, mm. well, you can't pay your workers yeah. properly. I mean, I so mean, I don't buy those clothes. Th- Thailand might be a different case because it's, it's a little bit more westernised. Because I think in the film it was more... It like was Sri Lanka. It was Sri Lanka. It's Sri Lanka. Places like that. So, yeah. so uh, maybe different parts of the world, perhaps. Yeah. yeah. Well, the thing is, yeah. I think whether whether it's a living wage or not, what my argument with it is that you don't hear the voice of the people in that country. You don't hear the voice of the Thai people. You don't hear the voice of the Sri Lankan people. You don't hear the voice of the Burmese people. You don't hear. Mm. You don't hear the voice. It's always a white person telling you that their life is ter- that the life for these people is terrible. And I'm like. Let them tell me themselves. Let them tell me how much they want to be paid. But no, it's you telling me what. And and I don't like that because I feel it's quite imperialistic. And I and and that and I've been trying to rack in my brain the whole day trying to figure out what was worrying me about. And that was it. <laughs> that was it. Ah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the fact that it's oh okay. Michael Winterbottom is a white guy. The the Steve Coogan's a white guy. And obviously, I think for them it's quite a political thing. Oh, these people are terrible. Look what they're doing to all these people in this other area of the country. But the people in the other area of the country are not being asked to tell their story. It's been... The, the, the white guys seem to think that they have been given some God-given right to tell somebody else's story. And that annoys their life out of me. So, and also, the, and whenever you have a polemic that just sort of says, this is terrible, this is terrible, this is terrible, this is terrible, I've realized that another thing is like, I am very much more along the lines of, okay, then give me a possible solution. Give me the beginnings of a solution. Even if it's flawed, mm. even if it makes no sense, give me a suggestion then we can start a conversation about it don't just tell me things are terrible that doesn't help anybody <laughs> yeah so so i don't like the way the film ended 
but I thought that the film was quite. I thought the performances were really, really good. I thought that the it was for two thirds of it. I found it really, really entertaining, and I was like, oh, I just hope they stick the landing. I don't really feel that they stick the landing because the the ending. I mean, Sean, I think you said it. I, I I'm the more I think about it, and I'm trying because I really like what they're trying to do with the film. I just mm. have to go. I don't think it makes any sense. <laughs> no, I don't think it makes sense. So, so I think I'd have to give it a three. I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a strong three, but I think I have to give it a three. Yeah, well, I would I would probably give it a three because I didn't hate it, but mine wouldn't be a strong three. Mine would be a weak three. So, <laughs> so yeah, uh, I do it's love scraping into the. So three. it's yeah, it's, it's, it's you know, I mean, it's it, it, it scrapes into the three, yeah. scrapes into the. Yeah, three. we need nuances, don't we? Yeah. With like a, a uh, hot. Medium and cool. Yeah, we should you do. Yeah, you see, you see, <laughs> hot, yeah, yeah. hot, warm and cool. Three. Yeah. Sharon, you see that? I was just about to say I love the new ones on this show. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, look at us. Oh, whoa, this, uh, but you know, maths, the maths that we have is not adequate enough to. So, okay, we'll just go with the three. <laughs> All right. So, so there's greed. I, I think it's worth a watch. I would recommend that people do watch it. But um, Sean and I, I think we we share the same. Um, uh, we, we share the same problems or we share the same reservations about it. Uh, maybe with me, it's a little bit more soapboxy. But, <laughs> but yeah. All right. all right. So now we go over to Netflix and Friends. And Sharon, you saw The Pale Horse, which I've seen yes. trailers for. And I have to say, the one thing that I look at and I marvel about on this trailer is Rufus Sewell's cheekbones. I mean, for goodness sake. <laughs> oh, he is like carved, isn't he, out of marble i think with his pale skin as well the, the um, funny thing yes, about him is, is a, the funny thing about him is that the older he gets the more pronounced his cheekbone seems to become <laughs> yeah it's just and i don't think he's changed that much really he's aged subtly i don't think he's one of these people who has you know you suddenly look at some people and think oh he's suddenly middle-aged but i don't think he has i think he has aged really really well yeah so right, what is this horse. about this this is an agatha christie adaption Ooh. and it and there's a series of them that's been out they normally come out at sort of like christmas time new year but this one is um in then the new season of bbc drama i missed it when it was on the television but it was only on the television last month so it's quite a new ad- addition to the iplayer and you can watch this only a two-part series and it's basically an agatha christie story about a man who was widowed very suddenly we see that at the beginning of the story and then his name appears on a list that is found at the scene of a house where a woman has suddenly dropped dead. Yeah. And there's a whole list of names on this list. And there's only two people left on, three people on the list, sorry, who are still alive. All the others have died in seemingly innocuous circumstances. There's been like a, a road traffic accident or there was a, a heart attack or... Uh, food poisoning they've all but they've all died but in a way that hasn't aroused any suspicion yeah. it's only in linking them that people begin to think well how why are they they linked all these people and this man's name was it and another name is on the list and it turns out to be it was his ex-girlfriend who died in her sleep very suddenly and he left her body there in her flat and didn't tell anyone and then he scarped back to his new wife of only six months and started to try to basically investigate for himself what this list means. And he is drawn to this pub called the Pale Horse, where three women, who are rumoured to be sort of local witches, live. And if you give a name to these witches, without telling them what to do, or just but just give them a name, then these people will just 
not be a problem in your life anymore. And so but entwined in this sort of like mystery is that have these people died in mysterious circumstances? Are they victims of crime? Or is there something that we just are not aware of in classic Agatha Christie style? And with Ruth Sewell's character, you don't know whether he's a victim or whether he's mm-hmm. an anti-hero or whether he's an outright villain. Again, you... It's all about the nuances in our our show, and it's all about the nuances in Agatha Christie. You are left guessing, I think, more or less up until the last ten minutes, when it all becomes clear what's happened, and you get your classic denouement, where it's all explained to you. But it really does take you on this twisty turny tale. Big words this week. Oh yeah, Yeah. denouement. You are left thinking. (laughs) Is it witchcraft? Can it be witchcraft? But this is Agatha Christie. She doesn't deal with the supernatural, does she? But So it really drew me in. So I, I really enjoyed this. Yep. Um, but yes, a two-parter. Rufus Sewell dominating the screen, um, as always. And yeah, I found it thoroughly entertaining. You see, now this just makes me feel like I need to read more Ag- Agatha Christie. Because even just the setup, I'm like, ooh... Yeah, and Sean Pertwee's in this as well as a police inspector who's investigating this. And Ooh. sometimes he can be hit or miss. Sometimes he can be a little bit caricature-y, can't he? I agree with you on that, yes. He's but yeah. other times he's just what yeah. And I thought, as a sort of 50s or late 40s detective, I thought he he was had the right tone for this. So I, I quite liked him in this. Uh, that was going um, to be my next question, whether it was period or whether it was present day. It's period, yeah. It's like a... Cl- I'm trying to think if it's set... Everything was very stylish, you know. I think it's set. I think it's fifties stroke sixties. Okay. Um, as everything is very stylish. Rupert Sewell is in really has wear these really sharp suits. He's just the ticket. And <laughs> when you see the women, they are in there. They've got the the, the, the hairdos are just right. The clothes are spot on. The shoes, the handbag, it all matches. And there's just like a certain air about it. So I would probably place it in the fifties, but I. Okay. So um, I don't think I don't know if it tells us or not. Okay, so I think we, we figured out what you feel about Rufus Sewell, but what do you think about the show itself? I thought it was very well executed. It was very well done. It kept me guessing because normally when you you are a reader, you know that the guilty party is someone you've met. It's never a complete mystery. It's very rare that well, it happens once or twice. I, I can remember, but normally the the the, the if there is a guilty party, it's it's out of the cast of characters that you've been introduced to. Yeah. And I was looking at this, and I I didn't get I didn't guess it. I'm not very good at guessing Agatha Christie's or baddies or goodies, and so it kept me gripped, and I I, I really enjoyed it. So I thought, yes, yeah, as a storyteller, it's very good, and as an ad- adaptation of a story, it it felt to me like it was very well done. So I I did enjoy it, and I as a consequence, I will give it a four. All right. So, so Ooh. are you trying to tell me this is one book you haven't read? Yes, I, I, to be honest with you, my confession is I haven't read a lot of... I haven't read any Agatha Christie. Oh. I'm not into... I think it's because of my history. Oh, you know, I worked for police for 26 years. Uh. You know, I, and I doubt with crime. I was not the least bit interested in reading any crime detective or mystery series. Just not in the least. The only ones I liked were set in the 20s and 30s. I quite like the ones where um, people say, I say, Delia... Um, you're a rotter, that sort of thing. That's the sort of mystery that I like to read. So I don't mind reading really old period type sort of crime fiction, but I, yeah. I'm just not into your generic stuff. And I haven't, honestly, I, I haven't read any Agatha Christie at all. So, But I do know that she was a master storyteller. Okay, cool, good. I, left, I lost you there for a second, but you're back now. <laughs> I'm back. 
Hello? <laughs> so, yes, I would say, yeah, she's a master storyteller, but I haven't read much Agatha. I intend to have a go at reading an Agatha Christie, but I don't want to read one when I've seen the television adaption of it because I know how it ends. And I want to be sort of drawn into that whole, what happens yeah, next? So, I'll wait for yeah, one I don't know about. It's funny because I bet you that there's a whole bunch of people who think that she's just a television writer because she, I think for a lot of us, she has just been more prevalent on TV than in yes. in books for, for but I know definitely for me anyway that's the case all right cool. yeah because so it's all Poirot that... or Miss Marple or something but no as this one is it's not featuring any of her characters it's not Miss Marple it's not Poirot it's a, it's a standalone I thought it was yeah cracking and give it a four cool so four stars for the pale horse and now Sharon um fortunately you're gonna have to actually wait let me think if I can can I do this yes I can we're gonna switch from Okay, well, I'm going to swap out one animated animal for another animated animal, <laughs> for another bunch of animated animals. So <laughs> instead of speaking about Call of the Wide, we're going to talk about Doolittle. So, Sean, now okay. I'm going to give a little bit of a thing about So Doolittle, most people would know Dr. Doolittle, the Rex Harrison movie from the, what was it, the 50s or the 60s? Uh, six, 60s, I think. Okay, 60s. Yes, that's what I know from. Yeah, yeah, mm. so, yeah, um, yeah so, Rex Harrison. Yeah, Doolittle, which is a film that I remember seeing in Nigeria and thinking, oh, wow, this is good. And then finding out later that it was, an, it was a massive flop. I could talk to the animals. Animals learn their languages, talking to a chimp and chimpanzee. And I maybe. Talk to elephants and tigers. Something else and something. Something else. <laughs> something else. Something else. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh, check this out. For the, for the amount of money you pay to listen to this podcast, which of course is nothing, what, you, get, you get denouement, <laughs> you get nuance, and you get a musical. What more could you? Yes. <laughs> what could you ask for? What more could you want? All right. So, and so this is Robert Downey Jr. in his first major role after Avengers Endgame. Which, I mean, after that, I think he should have he he, he deserved a rest, quite frankly. But um, so mm-hmm. his first, and he takes over the role of Doolittle from the last person who played him on screen, I believe, which was Rex Harrison. And that so. It's essentially, you know what you get with the Doolittle thing. He's going to be a guy. He's going to talk to animals. But nowadays, because we have the technology, you're going to have a whole bunch of animated animals who are going to be voiced by a whole bunch of fam- famous people. As opposed to the original Dr. Doolittle, where everything was done in speaking to the animal in a way that the animal would speak. Like, you raise your hand. Whistles and... Tr- yeah. 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 And, all, and the only animal that spoke was the parrot. Because they can actually yes. speak. In this one, all the yeah. animals can speak. Oh, oh no. Eddie Murphy played Dr. Doolittle. I forgot about that. I was going to say Eddie Murphy. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally forgot. Thought, yeah. <laughs> totally forgot about that. Yeah, because uh, so in Eddie Murphy's one... that wasn't that, period, though. That was, yeah. That was present day, but they used a similar thing where they had um, well, animals and then they had people playing the voices of the animals. So they've gone down the, that route with this. They've gone down the animated animal route thing with this. Sean, what did you think? Okay, um... Thanks for this story, Toast, because you know, like that. Um, yeah, um, this was, you know, I didn't know on this. I didn't really, I couldn't make my <laughs> mind up. I couldn't, I know this, I know it's a hard yeah. thing to say. I mean, I'd heard some really bad things about it. Yeah. You know, but it was, it was there and I thought, well, if I hear really bad things, sometimes things that I hear really bad can be okay, you know, and vice versa, things that can be brilliant. Pompeii! That's my tangent, that's my tangent mind. <laughs> Yeah, yeah Pom- Pompeii, that's it. That's my tangent mind shooting off, you know, in different yeah. directions. Um, so I thought, well, I'll go and see it and I'll make my own mind up. Yeah. Um, he did have, Robert Downey did have this funny... Welsh I'm accent. Sure it was a Welsh accent. I'm, yeah, I was going to say it was Welsh, but it was like 
it's a funny Welsh accent, and it was. I mean, it, it didn't distract too much. Um, so, doing his best Richard Burton impression. Yeah, <laughs> yes. Um, so it was. I don't know. I would say, what could I say about this film? It, it was interesting. It, I wasn't like angry, or it didn't make me angry. It didn't make me upset. Didn't make me anything like that. But I, I didn't think it was amazing. I didn't think it was like. So and and it had the odd moments and stuff. I can't really say. Basically, the story, like you said, is just and they go on an adventure. You know, it's like they yeah. have to they it, have to go and find this this pearl thing. You know, so that it can. I totally expect the story to be inconsequential. Yeah, it was totally inconsequential. Um, toes. I mean, the I don't know. It's it's. Okay, I mean, so, it had uh, some. Okay, let me ask go a question. Yeah, go on. So I quite like the original Doctor Doolittle and how they do the whole speak to the animal in the animal's language kind of thing, and that I preferred that to when they did the Eddie Murphy ones where the animals were all speaking English to to him and all that because now we have the technology we can do it. Uh, so, so in this one they've gone the CG animal route and everybody you have Ralph Fiennes doing a voice and all that kind of stuff. You've got some big voices in there. Yeah, yeah. you've got some some hard hitters. Did that um, work? Did that approach work? Uh, I, on the whole, I think that probably did. You know, toes, and I think that probably did work. Um, I didn't think. I mean, gradually, the, the there's a young lad in it who wants to be <coughs> a, uh, do little's mentor. Yep. And he uh, through the film originally he's, he listens to the animals, and you do hear it sometimes like talking, like the monkeys talking and that, and he says, "Oh, I think, I think." He must have said that, and then when he, get, he gets this little thing talking to Doolittle, and he says, "Did they say that?" He goes, "Oh, very good. You're listening." So there are bits where where that the animals are actually using animal sounds, and, and okay. this young lad's picking up on them. And gradually through the film, they actually do actually have conversations in English as, as he starts to understand them more. So you know, maybe maybe that was a, a bit of a saving grace, perhaps. You know. Okay. Uh, so yeah, yeah, like like the but I didn't like he annoyed me the the boy annoyed me for some reason. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> couldn't tell, I couldn't put my finger on it why, but he was just like. Was well, is it is it the, the usual trouble? Quite, annoying be, child actor. Annoying child actor, but I must admit that I do like Robert Downey, and I couldn't really, although his accent was a bit strange. Yeah. That he fit he fit, it fitted the part, you know. It okay. The part for me, so so yeah, so that's. That's, that's about all I can say about this, Tozin. Um, so, so, uh, so all in all, I, I can see that you're a bit bamboozled by it. How many stars would you give it? Yeah. Um, oh, tough one. Hot, warm, or cool? A cool three. <laughs> a cool three, because I didn't think it was horrendous, and I didn't. I wasn't like getting that angry, and I wasn't. It didn't like. It didn't like. There, there weren't any. There wasn't any moments when. I'd like got angry for oh you know you, like you, I do sometimes you, you, know? you weren't your, your intelligence was not insulted uh, no exactly so <laughs> so well, if you can talking animals yeah. <laughs> talking animals but yeah so I, I would give it a I'd give it a three I'd give it a, a steady right. three because it was okay you know it was an okay movie alright cool maybe maybe I'll actually go find I'll go catch with that before he disappears from the cinemas then because that, that'd be interesting that'd be interesting yeah, yeah I did consider this one it's one of my yeah. it's on my possibles list yeah Oh well, maybe do it, and then next yeah. next time you can give me your thoughts. It all depends what the new releases are, because you know I have to pick carefully. Have to pick carefully. Yeah, yeah, because carefully. because this week does seem to have been a rather good one for having stuff out. Like you know how sometimes we we say that there's weeks where there's just nothing on, and this week all of yeah. a sudden I think it might be a post Oscar thing. There's just films everywhere. 
yeah yeah that's true yeah all right i mean i very much i very much do films impromptu um you know i sort of do i'm like oh i've got a bit of time i'll go and see that you know yeah i don't like i don't like have set times i just like you know go and that's that's the sort of thing yeah that that's a bit me but at the moment i'm getting a bit uh business is getting a bit busier which is a good thing but it means that yeah no that is a good thing yeah but it means that i'm getting it's one of those things make money or but making money interviews with my film watching schedule oh lord yes this is a real sophie's choice (laughs) it is really money or films uh I'm just wait, waiting for the day when I can make it money and films. Well, films yeah, are making money. Yeah, that'd be cool, wouldn't it? <laughs> or making money from yeah. films. All right, cool. And, and then make your own films, yeah. Yes, yes, I'm looking forward to that day. <clears throat> but now we go back to Netflix, and we're going to go with something which I shall continue calling Don't F Star Star K with Cats. What could that possibly mean? <laughs> yes, I know. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by this. Yeah, with, with the subtitle, Hunting an Internet Killer. Now, this is something that... Oh, I've heard of this then. Is it yes. The yeah, go on. Yeah, uh, so this is something that it, it kicks off, and I think the headline or the, the, the title is something that I looked at. It, it's just an intriguing title. It's why somebody why somebody saying, don't F with cats. And what does it have to do with an internet killer? And it kicks... and It's essentially um, structured like a detective story. But in this case, the detectives are, shall we say, internet enthusiasts. So they're all these people who haven't really met each other, who just sit down at home and um, go, like one of the, the first lady that you meet, um, she, she, she actually uses an alias when she goes onto Facebook called Body Moving. And she, she, um, when she, she, she says, yeah, I work quite high up in, like, you know, in cybersecurity, and then I get home and I sit down and I switch on my computer and I can be there for, like, you know, five hours before I go to bed. That's what she does. And it all kicks off because... At some point, a video shows up online of a guy, and there is no easy way to say this, murdering some kittens. So, oh. yeah, yeah, there's a video, and it's quite, it's quite a graphic video, which they, they do very well uh, to not show in this documentary, because this, this is a documentary series, it's a three-part documentary series. And they, and so he essentially puts this video up, and th- that's where it gets the title from. It's like, don't F with cats, because all of a sudden, it's, uh, I feel like th- there's, there's a weird thing in here, and th- they talk about the internet, and I feel like if he'd been a person, there would have been less outrage. If he'd, if he, <laughs> and people mm-hmm. like, oh my God, how dare you do this? You kill the cats. And so all these Facebook groups show up, and they're all, the, the whole idea of these Facebook groups is to find this cat killer. To, to hunt the internet cat killer, find who he is and make him pay. And so they, they, they go into all this sort of forensic CSI detail. There's one particular scene where there's two people who, um, because they said they, the, two of them realize, okay, we're in this group on Facebook, but there's a whole bunch of people who are not serious and are just yelling about stuff. So they go and create another group of the more serious, investigative-minded people. And on that, and on that other group, they... Um, they they go so forensic that they go oh look there's a picture we found this picture well and they they go through every frame of the video of this of this cat thing and they just try and find who this person was and it it ends up that they uh, and then at some point they find out who it is and then it's all about trying to catch who this person is but it's this weird game where it seems like the person who's done it wants the attention so he keeps doing things for them to sort of like follow him up and they keep saying they the, they they try and tell the police about it. They say we think this guy is a budding serial killer. We think he is going to graduate to killing a human being, 
And it's about how they went through it and how they, it got scary for them because at some points this guy would come onto their, he would be on their forums and he would be telling them stuff and he'd be taunting them and he'd be showing them pictures of where they lived and all that. So they were like, so it, it got really um, scary. So it, it's all about how they try and find this guy. And eventually he does, this is all sort of documented in real life. It happened in America and Canada. And he does graduate and there's a point where he, where a video, so the videos of, of him killing cats shows up, then videos of him killing a puppy shows up. And then there's actually a video of him killing a person. And wow. they talk about the fact that it, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it escalates. It, it it escalates, and they talk about the fact. It that, does beg um, the question: Did he escalate because of the attention, or would he have naturally escalated anyway? So that does beg the question, doesn't it? By pursuing him and by engaging with him in these sort of forums, did it egg him on in some ways to ever more extreme things to create an ever more extreme reaction? If he's obviously and, feeding off the attention, and it's it is to the great. It is to the great um, credit of the people who made this film and the people who were in it that they asked themselves that question. Like there's a bit cool. where the, the first lady who she says, did I have a part to play in this? Did I, mm. did I egg him on, quite frankly? is like by saying, oh my God, you're going down. How dare you? You're terrible. Was that exactly what he wanted? Was that what he fed off? And, yeah. Yeah. And, it's, and they ask themselves that question and they're like, we don't know. Maybe he would have done it anyway. We, we, the fact is we just don't know. And no, they will never know. Yeah, yeah. So it's, and I think it's, it's really, really well constructed as this sort of, as of sort of forensic detail um, investigation, but just without the police because the police are not really interested in it until this person dies, and then they sort of show up with all this evidence and said, "Look, we've been tracking this guy," and it gets to a point where they bring the the person's the person's mum who has been doing all this because the only way they actually find out about the person who did all these things is that he told them who he was he he, he said this he's like this is the name of the person you're looking for and it turns out that it's is this weird thing about wanting to get recognition and social media and mm. it goes a bit weird and it it's and it's asking all these questions about the world that we live in now and then his mom comes in and his mom says, no, the problem is that all these people who are on the internet, all these people who think that they're detectives who are trying to tra- track him down and har- are harassing him, they're the real problem. And it, <laughs> you're just kind of like, okay, cool. What on earth is going on here? Uh, th- where it ends up, where the film ends up, there's, there's a certain element of performance about it. It feels like all the people, there's a bit of it where it feels like all the people who are being interviewed are performing. That they, It doesn't quite feel as natural as if they were being interviewed, if you get what I mean. And the final, yeah. the final shot of the film, the final shot of the film really annoyed me because it, it really did sort of like add this whole thing of this is a performance. Is this actually real? Is this documentary? Is this actually a documentary or is this like a performance piece? I don't know what the heck is going on. And so you have to go, so I actually had to go online, even though I didn't want to, I didn't want to hear any more about the story. I had to go online and find, did this actually mm. happen or did they make this thing up for Netflix, uh, for a Netflix program? Uh, it's like, it, and it turns out it actually did happen. But where it ends up, there's a very, there's this real element of performance about it where you're like, look, this is all a bit too slick or that's all a bit too convenient. Why did that happen that way? Why did that, uh, why did that go down that way? And there's this whole thing that they go in about how obsessed this person, there's some clues that they follow to find certain things that I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. How would you, how, how did, no, it cannot be. It cannot be that serious. It cannot be that, oh, sorry. It's, there's bits of it where I just think it can't be that simple. It could not have been that, 
that that is too neat that is too it's it's too neat it's too much like somebody has scripted this but but it apparently it is it is the way that the this guy who mm. did this was very much influenced by film so he was he seemed to be trying to base everything that he did on films so another com- thing comes in and goes okay so what part do the films have to play in this films like there's a whole thing about basic instinct what does a film about like you know uh, uh okay about the rabbit what have to do with this yeah the what so what was that there's a rabbit Sharon? scene isn't there in in fatal no I mean fatal attraction there's a thing about a rabbit isn't there um, yeah, yeah, fatal attraction is a thing about a rabbit. Basic instinct is there's a thing about or killing people um, while having sex yeah. with them. So it's it. So it is just all kind of like. Uh, and at the end, uh, so, so I really, really like the way it's structured. I like the storyline, but there's this element of performance to it, to everything that's going on. And the final scene of the thing really, really, really makes it feel like it's a performance. It really makes it feel like it's a performance. So even though I quite liked it, uh, it's one of those things where I'm not sure what they're trying to say. I'm not sure what they're trying to do. At this, And there's a point where it's almost as if they're saying, well, you're part of the problem for even watching this documentary. And that just makes yeah. me go, well, then I'm like, well, then get lost yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why the did you make it <laughs> it's a tangled it? knot isn't it you think yeah. okay try to unravel that one the, cause the, and effect the, the, they're like you're part of the problem for watching this documentary I'm like you're part of the problem for making this documentary so it's yeah back at you pal yeah <laughs> so it's it's really interesting uh, I would recommend anybody because to, to watch it um, because I really do like the way it's structured but there's just some decisions that they make with it and the element of where it feels too feels too slick feels too easy feels too convenient that makes me think okay i'm going to give it a three so that's three okay. for, for don't f star star k with cats hunting an internet right game. but it, it is it's crazy the kind of things the kind of forensic stuff that they can do and how much these people i mean they become characters themselves of how much their lives revolve around using facebook to try and track somebody yeah down. so right all right, now we go back to cinema. Tangle. And we go to okay. a second film with animated animals in it, Call of the Wild. This is Harrison Ford. And apparently, this is based on a book that has been adapted a couple yeah. of times. Jack London. It's been filmed a few times, isn't it? Yeah, Char- um, uh, well, Charlton Heston was in the, the 1950s version. All right, so what is this about? Yeah, this is based on a book by Jack London, and the, the story, I, I had to, when I was watching this, more of the book came back to me, because I had read it as a younger person. And it's basically, you see the world through the eyes of this one particular dog, uh, called Buck. Yep. And this is an, I don't know if it's animated, animatronic, or quite what they've it, It's it, It's an animated dog, think Lion King, the new Lion King. Oh, okay. Because, yeah... Um, the only thing that puts you off about this is um, the the dog is quite expressive. You know, he, like his eyes move and he's he emotes through ex- ways that dogs just don't. Um, so that you know that he's not a real dog, but you there's some he's like a, a dog plus, I suppose, an enhanced dog. Well, anyway, you see um, the story starts off with Buck, who's living in like an eastern town, and he basically terrorises it. He's like a he's a force of nature. He's a big, huge Saint Bernard type dog that is a respecter of no one and no man. Yeah. Who like he'll run through the house with muddy paws. He'll uh, on a Thanksgiving day he like a, he ransacks the meal and he's just like a, a force of nature. He's warm and big-hearted and he's a big thing, but he's you know. That has got he knows no boundaries. 
And he is kidnapped from his comfortable home in the east and taken to the Yukon where they need dogs to pull sled teams. Yeah. And then he basically, Buck, goes on a series of adventures and he's passed from hand to hand to hand to owner. And he starts off, you know, where he is, the people who kidnap him. And then he is traded for someone who, to pull a sled and then you, and to pull the mail across, through the Klondike in the, in the, in search of the gold rushes and then he's but eventually he ends up with Harrison Ford and that's where the most of the story takes place at his time when he's with Harrison Ford and Harrison Ford is like a, an old trapper who sort of headed into the wilds basically when he had a family tragedy and he's just sort of trapping and hunting gold and sort of living in a hand-to-mouth existence in the middle of nowhere yeah and he has this dog as a companion so yeah you see the story and the world and as as Buck gets more in touch with his inner wolf, you sort of see at certain points in his life, you see this sort of like shadow wolf that like follows him and it sort of leads him. So that's the call of the wild is his listening to his like inner wolf. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then he gets. I was just going to this is one of those films that's narrated by the dog, is it? No. OK, thank God for that. But. Mm. <laughs> It's narrated by Harrison Ford, actually. Okay. He, even throughout the story, he's the one who sort of... T- uh, his, his voice tells the story, even though he obviously wasn't there. But he is like the Jack London. He's the, he's the voice of the author, effectively. Oh. And he talks about um, Buck. Yes, yeah, so it's... Yes, apart from being rather disconcerted by the dog, you know, by the fact that <laughs> you're thinking, dogs don't do that. They don't, like, lift their eyebrow at you and sort of... Mm-hmm. Not give bit, you a wink, a Roger, but give you a bit, bit like Roger a, Moore, mm-hmm. eh? Roger, Roger, show me emotion. Show me emotion. Move that eyebrow. Mm-hmm. And there is a bit of that going on, and you're There's thinking, a, yeah. yeah. A Roger a Moore dog. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm trying to let's see what rating it was. I can't see on here whether it was a PG or a U. I think, U it, or I think it's probably a PG. It was. Oh. I think I saw it. Yeah, funny, it is funny enough, it's largely based say that. on that for family entertainment. Yeah, on the, on the old thing, and it was a PG one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So it is. I think it's squarely aimed at the family audience oh. rather than like the Western market. Oh, I'll tell you what, right? Uh, I so this is. I saw this. I saw the trailer for this. And I thought, I'm not watching it. That dog is just wrong. That dog looks. <laughs> that, that dog looks wrong because I don't. Because okay, this is a Disney film, but I think they they have a new thing where they're saying that they they they're trying to not use animals in any of their films uh, for for animal welfare reasons, which is why they made this film, which is based around the dog with no dog. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and this is what. It, it's happening a lot recently where you're going all the way back to like you know Rogue One Star Wars Rogue One and all that sort of stuff uh, where people I feel like people are giving the technology too much credit because (laughs) that does not look that that might look like a real dog if you animated Harrison Ford as well but if you put a real life Harrison Ford beside that dog it looks wrong. I'm not sure yeah, whether that was just a, that was just a trailer thing or whether that actually ends up in the final film looking wrong. No, it's in the film. It is in the film. When you're watching it, you're not convinced that it's a real dog. Yeah. And in fact, nearly all of the animals, because they do like emote, you know, they're like going, "Oh, I'm jealous of you," and it's like, "Oh, I'm like, I mean, I'm riddled with jealousy. I am." Yeah. And then you've got another one that's like, "Oh, look, I'm really, you know, I'm really cross now." Mm. And it's, uh, dogs just look the same, don't they? And, like uh, tongue in, tongue out, ears up, ears down. Same, that's yeah. it. That's what a dog does. <laughs> Waggy tail, not waggy tail. Head to the you... side, head to the other side. <laughs> Eyebrows on a windy night. <laughs> Roger Moore. 
Yeah, so this has got, like, their dogs are like, you know, well, I'm, you look at me, I'm really showing my emotion now. And you're okay. thinking, you're not, so, you're not a real dog, are you? <laughs> <laughs> so, so the dogs, so the animals don't, they don't speak. They don't speak, no. It's but all they, So they communicate all non-verbally, which is, you know, they've okay. got dogs that obviously do that. Okay, that's a yeah. bit impressive in yeah. itself, but it's just putting them beside humans and, like, saying this is real. Ugh. Yes, when they interact, because you're not sure if they're looking at, like, a, a green ball or sort of... But I think, actually, the dog character is like Andy Serkis when he did um, King Kong. It's mm-hmm. that there's a person in there who does a lot of the scampering about. Yeah, yeah. And I think they have someone who does the... Yeah. So they did have a, a person, you know, crawling about, acting mm. like a dog, I think, for most of it. Yeah. So they had someone to interact with. So, so there is that, but... Uh, okay, so, yeah, so but was, how, many, how many stars? Let's, let's actually... Uh, enough about complaining about fake dogs. <laughs> so. Yeah. I would give this a... a I, thought, I, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. I would give it a warm three. So right in the middle, a, a warm three. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I appreciated it. It was fun. More better than I thought it was going to be. And there is a story about how I came to watch this. Because I went with a friend, my cinema-going buddy, Gemma. And we turned up Hi, to Gemma. see a different film. And we went there and said, oh, can we see this film, please? The one at half past five. And they said, oh, do you mean the one at, at like, you know, eight o'clock? And we said, no, we mean the one at half past five. They said, there isn't one at half past five. And we had the time completely wrong. And so they said, well, we, we said, what's on, like, in the next ten minutes? And they said, Call of the Wild. And there was another film. And we went, OK, we'll go see Call of the Wild. <laughs> what was so, she going to see? To we were going to see Emma. Oh, right. Oh. Um, so, yeah, we ended up watching this by mistake. But we both enjoyed it. Oh, cool. In a you know in a lighthearted sort of way. Mm-hmm. All right, cool, good stuff, good stuff. Yeah, so don't take it seriously, and it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. Okay, cool. Yeah, well, and if that wasn't the case, we wouldn't have spoken about it because, yeah, I, I really wasn't going to go watch this film. I mean, that dog would just. No. Me out. <laughs> <laughs> so I saw it I saw by accident. Tra- really, I saw, I saw it by accident, not by design. So. A trailer of that I don't dog. Know just... Where that fits on, but no, I wasn't really going to see it. I thought, but then I yeah, I saw it by mistake. Uh, freaky freaky dog anyway anyway let's go back to netflix uh, or rather amazon prime and um sean you saw something called brian banks which i have never heard of so do you want to tell us what this is about i, I don't even know, i don't yes. even know anything about this to even quiz you so. okay so well brian banks is based on a true story and i mean what intrigued me about this was was the it, it was american football and i i, I love my american sports yep and this was so. This was about American football, and the, like the the cover was a a pair of handcuffs, uh, and then a, a pair of hands in handcuffs for holding holding American football. I thought, well, this is this is interesting. We'll have a look at this. And basically, it's a story of true story based on a true story um, of of this this lad called Brian Banks, who when he was at high school was just like a, a, a super player. Everybody, you know, college was like, oh yeah, you know, yeah, you, you're going to make it big. You're going to be NFL professional player. Yeah. And he's, he's, he's at late at school one day and this girl comes up and sort of flirts with him a little bit and says, oh, should we go and, you know, make out? And so they go to this, apparently there's this place at the school because it's where, you know, couples go to, to make out and that. Anyway. Where dalliance is a Yeah, yeah, dalliance. Anyway, he decides, he, he hears something and he decides against and he goes, he goes, look, let's get out of here. I'm not, I don't want to do this. I'm going to go there. I'm going to go that way. You go that way, and you know we we'll go our separate ways. So anyway, the girl gets caught coming out by security guard, and, she, and he says, "Oh, you know, I know, I hear what you do down there, and all sort of stuff like that." And 
she said, well, well, she's talking, and then and then the security guards go, so he raped you? And she goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she passes a note to to a friend. It's like, so, of course. And then this, I mean, this lad is as straight as a die. He's like a really, really yeah. nice may, guy. May, may I ask a anyway, question? Is he black? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. he is. <laughs> Yes. Yep. Yep. You're exactly right. Yep. Yeah. He's um, he's totally uh, yeah. And she's and, white. Uh, uh, no, no, she's black as well. Really? This is the whole. She she is black as well. Yes, she's she's black as well. Okay, wrinkle. Anyway, wrinkle. I'm interested. Yeah. Yes, she she's black as well. Anyway, basically, he's at home. He's in bed, and then the police come round and they handcuff him, and they, uh, you know, lots of. Uh, sort of things goes on and then he's he's in court the one day and um i don't know and and his his counselor his lawyer she's black as well but she says oh you know he's, all the time he's going he's innocent he says um oh you know you, you've been offered a plea bargain because otherwise you're going to get done for kidnapping you're going to get done for yeah. rape you're going to get done for this that and the other and so this they have this plea bargaining thing which which is really interesting because I, I, I sort of researched it afterwards so they have this plea bargaining thing where for a lesser sentence and she recommends him to take this. She says, well, can I talk to my mum? And he goes, no, they're trying you as an adult, so you can't talk to your mum. You've got 10 minutes to decide. And, I mean, she's, she's I'm thinking, why would you, do you know what I mean? He's totally, anyway, so he goes to the judge, and the judge says, so, so what's the plead? And he looks at his, his counsellor, and she, she sort of nods her head, and he goes, um, oh, yeah, no, no contest. So you, you definitely want to no contest this, which basically means... Basically, you're pleading guilty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he looks at her again, and she nods, and he goes, yeah, and he goes, okay, six years in prison, and six years, and he's like, you what? know, six years yeah. probation. So he gets, he gets put in the slammer. The mother, the mother of this daughter, who's foul, horrible, they claim £750,000 or some dollars damages, from yeah. the damages because of school negligence and that, and there should have been the stuff there. And all the time... He's, so so through the story, you're telling his story, and then you've got the bits in prison. Um, he gets out on parole, and he gets a, he gets a sort of job, and he's doing stuff. And then the parole people suddenly say, right, okay, we've got to tag everybody. You're not allowed outside. And he says, well, I've I've got a job, which is that. He goes, well, no, if you're out there, you're just going to arrest you, and you're going to go back for six years. And it's a really really harrowing, nasty. You know, he can't do nothing. Yeah. He's, yeah. Stuck, he's got this blooming thing on his leg. As soon as he goes out, a certain amount. Anyway, he gets to a gym and he goes and he, and he meets this girl and the girls have three problems. They get quite friendly and all that and he decides to please her. He, he, he takes her to a museum and he goes to a museum and he's at this museum with the girl and he gets a phone call and says, if you're not back inside the thing within like five minutes, you're... you're and he, and he just says to me, he just parole. says, yeah, he just says, I'm going to have to go, I'm going to have to go. Anyway, there's this, this, this sort of organisation in America which defends innocent people yeah. and um, yeah. I think and they're called the see- yeah yeah so the justice thing and he's he writes to these people and they say oh well, you can do a happy score but you can do this do oh blah, 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 blah. is this do- is this the same guy um oh the guy in just mercy the criminal the uh, criminal justice initiative yes yes uh, yeah yeah the C- CR yeah that's it yeah yeah so so anyway and they go um and he says we can't really do nothing he said the, the trouble is it's all you know it's all once he goes the biggest heart the hardest thing in california is that once you've you've, you've got to have something extraordinary something absolutely absolutely extraordinary anyway just so happened he's on facebook one day with his friend and the <coughs> girl who bless you thank bless you. you thank you 
um, happens to get in touch with him again. So he says, oh, how are you? So, so, yeah, so, and he, he, he does it, but of course they have to, if there's going to be confessions and all, so, you know, he, he, he manages, he says, oh, yeah, should we meet up and stuff, blah, 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 and he gets his person, like a, an insurance bloke, and gets yeah. a recording sure, have, saying that, basically. I give yeah. him the whole film. Sorry, yeah, yeah, I probably am. All right, I won't tell you much more than that. Just to say, yeah, so you, you, you've got that's basically. I'm sorry, but I really, really loved this yeah, movie. I thought, a, justice, I thought it was. I thought it was a surprise. Well, you know, I won't tell you what yeah. was done because it's, it's it's a tough process. But um, yeah, well, but it sounds like it's worth a look at too. Oh man, this, yeah. was, this was. I'm actually. This was a, a, I'm reading the yeah. real. I'm reading the real Brian Banks's Wikipedia page at the moment, and I'm thinking I might have to watch this because this. This doesn't sound run of the mill at all. It's not. It's not at all. No. No. no it's. Um, I mean, I was. I was. You know. I, I was. I, I was engrossed. I, 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 yeah. And I mean, I was watching it quite late. And normally, I like to thing. But I thought, well, no, I'm going to finish watching this. I'm going to. I'm going to finish watching this because I really need to see what happens. And I mean, I think the, the the acting is first class. I think the acting's first class. Yeah. Um, and. Well, all of you know, it's all first class. Even the 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 girl who made the allegation and her mum and so, everybody like that, you know. Yeah, so, so we have Aldous Hodge playing, and Aldous Hodge, he's good. <laughs> he's good. Oh, so you know some of the, you know some of these then, yeah? Yeah, Aldous Hodge has been. Uh, he's been. He's one of those people who's. He's been in. He's definitely been in Black Mirror. Oh. Um, uh huh. Yeah. yeah. I thought I recognised him. Yeah, so he's been in a couple of things. So, um, how many stars would you give it? Well, I'm going to, I mean, this year, I, I, unless something's absolutely amazing, I'm not going to give anything a five, but I'm going to give this a super, super strong four. Ooh. Super, super strong four, touching a five, possibly. Good but I loved it. I thought it was, I thought it was, well, you can tell, probably. I just thought, and it really, do, do you know what, Tozen? This film made me really, really think about how many injustices there must be in the world. And yeah. I actually woke up about four o'clock in the morning, and, and I was thinking, oh, I had to put the radio on because it just kept going through my head about, oh, what... A t-. And what really annoyed me was the counsellor because evidence, you know what I mean? The evidence was, was... There was nothing. There was no evidence. And yet she said, you know, oh, let's, um, you know, do a plea bargain. Yeah, do no yeah. yeah. Yeah, because <sighs> I, think, I think there are more films that are showing that more and more, okay? Especially, especially oh, well, when the, when the accuser's black. Uh, in America, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But, but you, you know what you said yeah. about about what um, how you felt on waking up at four o'clock in the morning and going, oh my god, that's what happened. With, that's what happened to me with Queen and Slim. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even yeah. W- when you said that, it just it just it kind of like just sparked off a like Queen and Slim memory in my head, and I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, yeah. But uh, yeah, oh, okay, I'm gonna have to watch this. I'm gonna have to watch Brian Banks. All right, so uh, mm-hmm. thanks for that, Sean and Sharon. At the beginning, we said that you were gonna go off and do a whole bunch of research about a film that Sean had watched. Have you managed to do any research about whatsoever about waiting for Anya? No. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice and honest. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's cool. That's Sharon. That's Sharon. Straight to the point. Okay, cool. Gotta love it, man. Got, so I was looking up its IMBD page, and, and that's it. Um, but I haven't read it other than the synopsis. So my research is. 
that. <laughs> so, okay, uh, on, on that note, we're going to go back to cinema now. I'm going to a film that Sean really, really wanted to watch. Now, this is one of the, this is one of Sean's Bournemouth watches that he couldn't get in, that you only get in cities where, like, you know, you have an art house cinema and you have students who are going to come and go, oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, my God, it's the new, uh, <laughs> it's the new Moldova. Yeah, have I, you seen I, New Moldova? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you should say that because I do actually ask, when I come out, I actually ask people, I say, well, what did you think of that? You know what I mean? And they're going, oh, yeah, yeah, ooh, ooh. Oh, too long, you know. So, yeah, it's 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 the, the, the cinema in which which I think, and it's a cine world one. Is the cinema in Bournemouth is a cinema? It's like the people you that, that you talk to yeah. are interested in it. You know, yeah. and they, they say, "Oh, you're going to see that." Yeah, that was. Do you know what I mean? They, they are so actually. You mean essentially? You're saying, you're saying it's the kind of cinema that Martin Scorsese would like. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. So, what is waiting? What's waiting for Annie about? Okay, basically, it's um, it's a, a Second World War story, and it takes place in the uh, Pyrenees, and starts off with a young lad, and he's walking up into the the mountains, and he discovers like a um, a Jewish man with a young with a small girl, and it's on this farm that Angelica, Angelica Houston, she's like she like she like runs this this farm. Ooh, okay. Says, oh, I'm interested. Yeah. She needs to be in more stuff. Yeah, yeah. So. So it's little friend. Anyway, so basically, it's it's a story of the the, the taking um, Jewish children over the Pyrenees into Spain to get them away to sort of uh, so they can escape, you know, go to freedom. Yep. And and then uh, this German this German sort of uh, regiment turns up because they've heard that or, and and they basically occupy this village and they sort of you know they live alongside the villages. And uh, but just before they arrive, there's like about ten children that. So they obviously, with the Germans searching the mountains, sending out patrols, and yep. they have to hide. And there's also um, who's that famous French actor that's that's Jean Renaud. Yeah, Jean Renaud. He's in it as well, and he's sort of. Oh. Uh, you know, so you've you've this boy. You know, he obviously thinks he's the only one that knows about this sort of stuff, and uh, he's he he sort of makes friends with the. There's a nice German. There's always a nice German in these one, films. There's always a nice German in the films that sort of has got an idea, but, yeah. you know... Keeps, Turns a blind eye. Yeah, and says, oh, he like must come... Like in Jojo Rabbit, the captain. Like in Jojo Rabbit. He worked it out, didn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, that's it, yeah. So you've, you've, you've got... And, I mean, they're not particularly... They're not particularly nasty Germans. They're just, like, doing the job, you know what I mean? You yeah. don't... Um, so, but, obviously, the, the sort of... Uh, you know, his granddad um, finds out about... about but he knows anyway so so you've got this like little conspiracy thing yeah. yeah and they want to get so it's a story of how they're going to get these jewish children yeah across the border Out to, over the but this, Pyrenees this or whatever. the reason the waiting for anya comes from is this this man instead of him going over as well he says i'm waiting for my daughter because i said to my daughter that i would meet here whose yeah. name is anya so okay. he says, I'm going to have to wait. Well, I'm and not goes, going without her yeah wait, well, i'm not going without her so i'm going to wait so that's where that story comes from oh all right so, all right, so so this is a film that is based on um, it's based on a book by Michael Morpurgo. So Michael Morpurgo, yeah. So this, yeah, that's what I thought. That's, yeah, I thought. Mm, yeah, sorry, go on. I was just going to ask: Is it in English or is it in uh, another language? No, it's in English. Okay, it is in well, you know, Frenchy English. You know what I mean? Yeah. Ooh la la, you know. <laughs> well, my hey, friend. listen to my friend. <laughs> yeah, my French accent. You know, I'm gonna <laughs> gonna talk English, and the German ones are like, <laughs> yeah, 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 very good. You come up and. 
know uh, what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, it, 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 but, is it Robert Patterson yeah. and the King? Kind of. Wait a second. Uh, I must tell you something. I mean, it's very, it's very French. The French people are very French, even though they speak. You, you know, yeah. you, you can imagine it being. In fact, it probably. I mean, I didn't look at the location, but I should imagine it was probably it was, filmed yeah. somewhere, because the, the obviously this film. There's a few lingering bits on scenery of the mountains and the hills. Okay, yeah. Um, so, very, I'll, I'll very Terence Malick. Very Terence Malick, exactly. Yeah. Yes, a bit like the. Um, so yeah, uh, this yeah this this appeals to me. This sort of film, I would. I, I, this I is sort of something that I would definitely. Yeah, watch. I think you would have. I'd have liked to have seen it. you. And and then it's funny yeah. that when I was watching this, and I was sat there watching this, and I thought, do you know what? I wish Sharon was could see this film. because there are films like that that you'd really yeah really you like. watch you them and you think I know who like this yeah, yeah yeah exactly and I thought God you know and I I I, I know and that case you were right yes, I would have liked yes it. you would have done I think so I won't tell you what happens I won't I won't I won't tell you the story, what what happens with the the children and the, the thing whatever that so because otherwise that would spoil it yeah um, thoughts on the film yes I did I I did enjoy it I thought it was a, perhaps a little bit too long. Um, I th- it sort of it seemed, you, you know, like towards when you, when when things go on, it seems to you get a little bit fidgety, and you think, oh, you know, come on, let's 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 move this on a bit, let's get get going. So, and the yeah, nearly two hours, remaining, long, one yeah. hour, an hour and fifty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just it was it just seemed that it could have been wrapped up a little bit quicker. Um, and I really didn't like the the boy actor as well. He, he did just didn't convince me. I mean, all the other people were. Um, I don't know who he was. The, the is it like Noah, Noah Shap? Is it? Is it an annoying child actor week? <laughs> yes, it must be. I think because he really. Yeah, I know. It's like like they don't want to watch. But it was the same sort. Do you know what? How weird is that? It's like he was like the boy in Doolittle. Oh, was he? He was. There were there was Something some. About him there was like. There was really real similarities there. Probably from the same school of acting. Probably from the same school. Yeah, that's it. And it did look like he was acting. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh. He, 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 do you know the acting. sort of thing I need? Whereas you look yeah. at Angelica Houston and that, they convince you, don't they? Yeah. yeah. They're that part. John Renner, they're that part. He was acting you okay know, like, yeah, you, know, yeah. you could so, see with oh i need to turn on the emotions now i need to do this and so so well, you're it was, it was through the numbers so you're essentially talking about the first two harry potter movies at least yes at least at least <laughs> yes yes i would say exactly that, that right. kind of yeah, thing. that's it it's like a that mixture kind of thing, yeah. a mixture of oh wow those actors look british like a, a total british or like you know national treasure <laughs> oh that's <laughs> so good yeah. oh my god the kids please get the kids off the screen <laughs> <laughs> So, and yeah, I've, I've found him unconvincing and annoying. Whereas all the other characters were really, really good. Even the nice German, you know. I mean, oh. I could uh, with the nice German. Yeah, there, but, w- um, there were some. So, so there how, were some. Yeah. How, how many stars did you give it? Okay, well, I would have probably given this a four, but because of the annoying boy, I'm going <laughs> to give it a three. Oh, so, a warmish three. Yeah, a warmish three. Um, I would like Sharon to see it. Maybe she can catch it up sometime. Yes, I'm oh. sure it's probably when it's on yeah. a platform somewhere. Yeah. Ooh. So. Oh, you what are you that? booing about those? Annoying child actor, you have cost the film a whole star. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have that on yeah, your I'm conscience. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, indeed. Do better next time. <laughs> <laughs> it was just you, you you know the sort of thing I'm talking about though, don't you? I know I know exactly you what you're talking it about. Was, it yeah. was going yeah. through the motions, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You can yeah. see oh, their that's thought straight out of drama school, you know. Yeah. 
this is this will convey this. It's yes. like, just do it as if it was you doing it. Doing it. Yeah. Is that, yeah, 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 yeah. I get you. I get you. All right, cool. And now we come to a final thing, and this is going back to Netflix, and this is a documentary called The Black Godfather, and it's all about a guy called Clarence Avant, who, um, and he. Essentially, he's this guy who it starts off and I'm like, why is this thing called the Black Godfather? I've never heard of this guy before in my life. But it turns out that pretty much anything that has been significant over the last probably 40 years that has to do with black people getting famous or black people doing anything, especially in the entertainment industry in America, this guy has been involved with it. Uh, it, it goes back to his life. It goes back to how he started off and how he sort of um, was like a low-level executive, someone that they asked him to come do something. But because he did a good a good job, they kept giving him more and more stuff. So he ended up becoming like a producer, set up like a record label. He's um, There's a whole bunch of people like, uh, these names might mean nothing to you guys, but like L.A. Reid and Babyface, uh, Jimmy Ta- Jam and Terry Lewis, Bill Withers. You guys know Bill Withers? I've heard, I've of heard him. Bill Withers. Yep. Yep. Yeah, we know him. Yeah, so, okay, well, now we found the level. We have found the level. So, so, <laughs> <laughs> so going all the way back to, like, you know, Bill Withers, he's the guy who owned the record company that released Bill Withers' first album. So, Ain't No Sunshine When She's Gone, Grandma's Hands. Um, Ain't No Sunshine. Yeah, Lean On Me. We he, know it. He's the guy who was behind them and actually went, oh, yeah, we're going to put Withers up there. All the way up to – and the the list of people who they've got to actually sit down and be interviewed for this documentary is impressive. You've got Barack Obama in it. You've got Bill Clinton in there. You've got Bill Withers, who I was really, really happy to find out is still alive. <laughs> so, mm. Yeah, you have like um, yeah, Jamie Foxx shows up. Uh, he's interviewed. Puff Daddy shows up and all these people are just singing these guys, this guy's praises, talking about how, talking about how, yeah, if it wasn't for him, this wouldn't have happened. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have a career. If it wasn't for him, this wouldn't go forward. And he just, and how it's, it comes into like a treatise about his life and how his whole life has just been about the way they put it is moving black people forward. So he, he talks about grabbing people and saying, what the hell are you doing? You, you can't do the job for that much. You're not going to get paid properly. You need to get paid. <laughs> and it's, it, it's quite funny because Quincy Jones shows up. He says like he's one of Quincy Jones' best friends. They talk about what he did with like, you know, uh, Michael Jackson tour that wouldn't have happened without him. And it's just crazy seeing how it's almost talking about how one man's life could have been effective by being behind the scenes throughout all these things like he never really looked for the spotlight never really did anything like the film culminates with him getting a star on the hollywood walk of fame because it's one of those things where the people who are in the know know this man's name and the people who are in the know tell you how important this man is it's like people will come up and they'll be like like oh did you guys ever hear about a tv show called soul train yeah yeah no soul train yeah that's in um that's like in yeah no Soul Train yeah, yeah no, was, Soul Train I'm started, pretty sure I'm pretty sure that's in that that um you know the old shampoo not shampoo what are the hairspray film isn't it is that there's something similar to that oh no that's a corny Collins oh yeah yeah show, yeah, yeah yeah it's but, it's, it's you a know, different no Soul Train was imagine that show Soul that shows up in in hairspray imagine that show but based yeah. mostly around the music that was seen as black at that yeah. time so I, your R and B yeah I, your Alexander yeah. O'Neills, like all this sort of stuff, and it was and it was p- pretty much black people dancing with Don Cornelius coming and going, "Hey, brother!" And now we have you <laughs> a new song coming all the way from Ohio is the SOS band, <laughs> <laughs> and they come going, "Let's not a DJ, yeah, that's a bit." 
Isn't there um isn't there a, like a pop video called Hey Yeah? By hey, yeah, yeah, but yeah, but yeah. Like yeah. yeah, it goes like Dookie, and, and they've yeah. got that sort of old style TV. Yes, and we've got yeah. hey, yeah, we've got that that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, a that, good video actually. Yeah, good yeah that, music video. I like that one. Yeah, that sort of thing, and it's and it was Clarence Avon was he was instrumental in in keeping Soul Train on the TV because he essentially another t- I think it was ABC. They came up with a so Soul Train was a was a TV show that was made with came from the black community and it was like it had black presenters and black people and it was a it was a it meant a lot to the black community but i think abc started started up their own show which was rivalry in soul train and because abc was a bigger channel it was likely to sort of crush it and apparently he went mm-hmm. in and threatened abc and the guy had enough power he he threatened abc saying i'm going to take all my people we're not going to deal with you anymore so they pulled that show and that meant that soul train carried on for 40 years and became a big, big massive cultural institution and people were like so thankful to this guy for doing that and it's so it's it's really inspirational it's really inspirational seeing what somebody can do like and how he started up from nowhere quite frankly and, and where he just by following his thing of i've got to help whenever every time i meet a black person in this business i've got to help them move forward it's actually quite frankly it's quite impressive the funny thing being and there's a there's a whole bit where obama shows up and obama's telling the story about how when he was running against hillary clinton Clarence Avant did not support Obama because he did not think Obama had a chance of winning. <laughs> and, and so there's a bit where Obama's telling this story and then you just see Clarence Avon sat in the chair and go, you best let me, you best know that he hasn't let me forget that. He keeps telling me that, yeah, yeah, you didn't believe in me. <laughs> so, so it's really, it's a really, really good documentary. It's about an hour and 40 minutes and it's really, it's like a delve through history and almost kind of like an alternate history. So what was happening during Vietnam in this, in this thing? What was happening during all these different times? All, when they talk about the, power, the summer of love and all that, what was actually going on with an area of America that I feel doesn't get as much of a spotlight put on it as other areas. So it's, um, I really, really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. It was, it's, it, it, it's a bit of a, oh, I can't remember what the word is, but like, you know, I think it's hagiography or something like that, where essentially it's about how great this guy is. So there isn't really any... It sounds, I mean... It sounds interesting. Yeah, yeah, it does sound interesting, but you think from the title, to me, that sounds like a 70s black uh, station film oh yeah black, like like, like know, black, black caesar the black godfather you think yeah. oh yeah that's going to be uh, like the black clansman you know yeah, yeah. So, or, or black caesar it's a bit misleading I, it's, it's a bit misleading really isn't it well it, but, well for me it would be if i if i just heard the title like that's immediately yeah you I may think, not oh, have thought it'd you know, be yeah. a thoughtful documentary yeah yeah but it's it, or you might think that it might be a guy who was involved in crime or something like that but it's, yeah, yeah exactly yeah uh, but Totally the opposite. Totally opposite. But everybody does. Especially it. the poster looks a little bit Godfather. They've used sort of the same yeah. font as Godfather. So you think, is he? Yeah. Yeah, but is he a good guy or not? But he's but, a good guy. I'm but good. He's he's a good guy, and everybody refers to him as the Black Godfather. So I think it's the whole idea is that he has a kind of influence of Don Colleoni without yeah, any, yeah, without any of the malice. <laughs> yes, yeah, so yeah. the unpleasantness. Yeah. Without yeah. making any offers, people couldn't refuse. Yeah. Or, or putting any or putting a, head, a horse in anybody's bed. So, yeah. so I mean, it's it's quite cool. I I really really liked it. But I mean, if I have to be, if I ever going to be so critical and have to be, so saying, oh, what do I actually think about it? I think I think it's a it's a three because it's 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 really really interesting. It's really really well put together. It's really really fun. It's really really funny. But it doesn't like do it, it it doesn't surprise you or do anything you're like oh it's just like oh this guy's life and, and, and as a 
as a profile of somebody who was really important that I knew nothing about, I loved it. But I think it would have to be a three, although emotionally for me it's a four. So, <laughs> cool. <laughs> all right, cool. Um, nice one. Now, all that is left to say is who won this week. We have totted up the scores. We have taken the average. What do you guys think? I think I think Netflix and Friends. I think is the one other it, platforms because I thought it started can, off can me. Yeah. strong, and then we got a bit muddled in the middle, and I think yeah. it ended strong. So I think yeah, I think it's Netflix. Yeah. And I, I, I think quite convincingly. Well, okay, yeah, yeah. So we have um, on the Netflix and Friends side, we have an average score of three point five, and on the cinema side, we have an average score of three. Every single film at the cinema this week was a three. Was a three. Was a three. Yeah. yeah, wow. There the, you go. See. The, the, there were nuanced threes. There were sort of warm threes and lukewarm threes and cold threes and like, you know, in the middle threes. <laughs> but there were threes. There were threes. They were still threes. All right. Okay, cool. Thanks so much for this, guys. And um, as I said, this is usually one of the highlights of my week, talking to you people. Speaking, just sitting around and talking about films. Even though nobody might care what we think. You know what? I like talking about it. It, I, I, and I think you know. I think if I wasn't doing this, I don't think I would watch as many films. Yeah. No, no, that's it. It's probably. <laughs> no, it does I make probably it. would. I'd have more nights in. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but anyway, just wanted to say thank you. And so all that's left to say until next week is a goodbye from me. A uh, goodbye from me. And a uh, goodbye from me. See you guys next week. <laughs>